0: and welcome to mini episode 114 of real life ghost stories and i have four spooky stories for you and the last story comes from the 2nd of april 2021 and story number one comes from drew as far back as i can remember there have been instances where i've had thoughts that some people may classify as precognitive now i'm in no way claiming that i can predict the future or tell anyone their fortune what I'm saying is that I will periodically have out of context thoughts about something that is going to happen or has happened that will later become true in some form. I will admit that I never realize what these thoughts are when they occur and I mostly choke them up to my subconscious making assumptions based on context I'm not recognizing. However, some of these thoughts come from nowhere and have no reasonable context. For example, When I was in high school working part-time, I ordered a Sega Saturn off eBay. This was before high-speed internet access was widespread and online package tracking wasn't always available, so knowing the exact delivery date was hit or miss. That being said, a few weeks had passed since I ordered the console, and as I was coming home from work late one night, I had the immediate thought. Watch the table next to the door when you come in, your package is there and may get knocked off. As I always do when I have these thoughts, I passed it off without a thought, but when I opened the door, the box containing my Saturn was sitting half on, half off the table next to our front door, and had I not looked, I very likely would have hit it on the way in. Now, it could be easily argued that the long wait could have triggered the thought that my package may be in, but it's knowing the location of the package that bothers me the most. Any other time I had something delivered, my mom always put it in my bedroom. Another instance was one day during my drive to work, I was behind another driver in a pickup. To provide some context about my route to work, there is a large Y in the highway that branches off in opposite directions before merging onto a perpendicular stretch of highway. At this point, I had made this drive at least three or four days a week and had never witnessed a single accident. It was mostly travelled by local drivers who knew the roads. However, on this day, as I was driving, I had the sudden thought that the truck in front of me was not going to stop at the Y and continue onto the oncoming highway and cause an accident. Once again, I passed the thought off without much consideration and continued on. Then, as I was coming to the Y, I saw the pickup in front of me barrel through the stop sign before being struck in the bed by an oncoming minivan. You know how you instinctively brace yourself and squint or close your eyes when you expect a collision or impact even if you are just a witness. Well, I didn't do either of those things. As I watched the truck ignore the stop sign, I knew what was about to happen and watched it occur like I had seen it done a thousand times. I still to this day can't explain why I had that thought as there was no context that it was going to occur. The truck ahead of me was not speeding, nor was it driving erratically. The road is well known to the locals at least. Compared to the next two significant experiences, I consider the previous two to be mundane. Usually I have the experiences so infrequently and spread apart that I never register them as anything more than a random thought. Like if you were watching the future on a television set but everything was static all of the time except for the occasional flashes of clear images. That's what I would consider this. If it could even be considered seeing the future. However... I have had this happen twice within the last year and both times are far darker than any other thought i've experienced so to explain a bit about what i do for a living i work in it in a state-ran long-term care facility while our clients aren't always in the best of health they aren't exactly at risk either and most of them are fairly young which is why anytime someone passes away it still comes as a shock the first instance occurred this past august I was covering responsibilities of our reception desk for the day when the superintendent of our facility decided that he was going to leave early for the day. He stated that he had not slept much the night before and felt terrible. Now keep in mind that this was of course in the midst of the COVID pandemic, so it can be argued that what ran through my mind is not totally without context. But as he was walking out the door I thought to myself, he won't be back. Now this wasn't a typical I wonder if he will be back or anything remotely close to that. It was an assured thought. Like in my mind I was certain that I had just witnessed someone walk away who was going to die very soon. Within a few days he was admitted to the hospital where he passed away a few weeks later from complications due to COVID. As I said, this instance could be accounted for due to the circumstances we were all facing at that time. The last and most recent instance I've had was just this past month. I remember sitting at home one day and thinking to myself, we will have a client pass away before long. Again, this was not a bet that this would occur. It was a certainty that this would happen. And within a couple of weeks, one of our otherwise healthy clients passed away in their sleep. This one sticks with me as there was no indication or context that anyone was sick or in need of immediate care. It was just a thought that I had before passing it off like I usually do. Again, I'm not claiming to be predicting the future in any way or that I'm having psychic visions or whatever. In fact, my wife oftentimes jokes that I should predict we will win the lottery. Sadly, it doesn't work that way and I wish I had some kind of control over them. Also, I never realised until after the fact that it has happened. Drew then went on to say that in an older episode, I laughed at the name Fanny as a regional term and he said the US uses that same word to refer to one's rear end and it's also my grandmother's name as well which is why she goes by her middle name it causes giggle fits universally honestly I just I know that Fanny means something else in America but it is indeed a colloquial term for a vagina in the UK and Ireland and uh, I don't know why I embody a 12 year old boy because I cannot stop giggling uncontrollably when that word is used and we all have intrusive thoughts, right? Whether they are really absurd, whether they're violent intrusive thoughts or whether they're ridiculous intrusive intrusive thoughts. Like we will all be driving along at some point and think, oh, imagine if I just crashed the car or imagine if this happened. Or when you see somebody, you think, imagine if they said this or they did that. But we know the difference between an intrusive thought and a definitive thought. At least I'd like to think we do. But these thoughts are these, I'm just going to call them predictions because it's easier But these predictions seem to be so specific and so tied up to a moment that it's hard to say that they, it's hard to kind of say, oh, will will logic it away by saying they're just intrusive thoughts that have come true? I don't know. And we all would love to be able to say, oh, well, if you're psychic, why aren't you winning the lotto or what are the lotto numbers? I mean, that's the running joke, isn't it? It's always the joke about people who claim to have the gift of precognition. And I know that's not what Drew has said, but they have had experiences where they see things that are going to happen. I don't know. I just, I don't think that I would like to have that gift. I know that Drew seems to just accept it and and get on with it, which is really, which is really something to be praised because I think if it was me, I would be second guessing every thought and you just can't live like that, can you? Also, I don't know. Is it a gift or a curse? I don't know. And story number two comes from Sarah. I just got to and I'm currently listening to the Man in the Hat episode and I literally wanted to cry. When I was a child I was plagued with night terrors that were very extreme and very real feeling. I even had to go to sleep therapy for a while because the nightmares were so intense. I had a reoccurring dream that I would open my eyes and I would see a man standing at my bedroom doorway. He was completely black like a shadow but I could see he had a hat on. He would just stand there and bop back and forth, almost like how a balloon moves in the wind. I did not feel like I was asleep. It felt so real. I had never heard that this was a thing that other people experienced. I had much worse dreams during this time. My most common and most horrific nightmare was of the creature. The dream always started the same way. I would be standing alone somewhere, like a parking garage, store or my house. It would be different places, but it was always just me alone. There would be absolutely no sound at all. When I would find myself in this eerie calm, I knew exactly what was coming. I would immediately be panicked. I had this dream so frequently that I had it memorised. Let me just reiterate, at this time I was in sleep therapy. They had taught me all these things that were supposed to help you, control the nightmare. So I would start these skills... I'd shut my eyes really tight and open them. I'd look for a light switch. You're not supposed to be able to turn on or off light in a dream. Nothing ever helped me. He would always come and there was no stopping it. I would start to hear a step, drag, step, drag, step, drag noise echoing all around me. I would never know where he was coming from. I would try to hide but eventually would learn it was impossible. He would find me. The noise would get louder and louder and then stop. And it would be silent for a second. Then I would hear his voice, which was just gurgling. I guess it's the best way to describe it. Shortly after he was close enough for me to hear the gurgling, he would not be slowly dragging anymore. He would be running in a panicked fashion, like he was looking for something, like he was looking for me screaming in a wet bubbly voice he'd start ripping things in the area until he found me then when he would find me and i would see him that was the worst he was tall and thin with almost all of his bones showing through his skin no hair whatsoever no eyes no ears no nose and the place where a mouth would be just tore open flesh his image is burned into my brain He'd reach out for me and I would wake up in a cold sweat, crying. I was so terrified all the time, I couldn't sleep alone or even be alone. I'd have to be around my mom or my brother constantly. I don't know if it's paranormal or not, but I've always had spooky stuff following me. But I never stopped having nightmares. The creature hasn't been around my dreams for a while, but I do still fear him at 33 years old. And I get scared when I think that he might come back. I think we've pretty much established now that the hat man is like universal. There's no escape in it. It's just universal. It is what it is. I was reading a story on a messaging board the other night about a girl who had seen the hat man for years. And as she got older, she convinced herself that it was she was just dreaming all the time. And quite similar to Sarah's story, she would wake up and the hat man would be standing in her doorway. She would see him and then... Eventually, she just convinced herself it wasn't real, and then when she got older, she was telling her sister about it, and her sister had seen the same thing all the time, and had also convinced herself it was a dream. So we're not even going to discuss the merits of the Hat Man. The Hat Man exists. It just depends on whether or not you are lucky enough to see him naked, or you are lucky enough to see him with a coat. And whatever that creature was in your nightmare sounds like that story that was sent in. I think it was in the Thirty-One Days of Terror where the man was in another country and he saw the creature at the train station that was like dragging itself along towards him and then he saw it again when he was older with his children. That's what it sounds like. So I'm going to say that it it probably is a nightmare, but it might not be. And story number three comes from Matt. I live in a seaside port town in Dorset, England with a history as rich as can be dating back to the early Stone Age. I've always been a sceptic, but things, as they do, always happen, so I keep telling myself I'm a sceptic. I've never really talked about the multiple events that have happened in my life, but after listening to your podcast, I felt like there's a community I'm able to relate to. The earliest account I can remember started when I was young. One night, when I was around eight or nine, I awoke in my bed I wasn't trapped, I was able to sit up, and at the foot of my bed stood a black shadowy figure. There were no feelings surrounding him as I can remember, but it was just standing there looking at me still as can be. I just stared in shock for a few seconds, that seemed like minutes. But at that age I did the only thing a kid would do, and screamed for my mum. My mum came running and I told her, and she reassured me that it was nothing and to go back to bed. When I was in year 7, which is around 11 years old, we went away on a school trip to a manor house at Oakhampton. The house had a new-built block of dorms off the property where students would stay and sleep during the trips, and each room had about four bunk beds in them. I remember laying in the top bunk one morning. I know I was awake because I tried to wake up my best friend at the time who was in the bottom bunk of the bed adjacent to me, and that's when I saw her. Now, we were all boys in this room, And this was definitely a girl. But something was off. She was only a head and one shoulder. As if someone had cut part of her away. And all I could see was that. But she was solid. She wasn't translucent. She was solid. Her blonde hair stood out in a plait. Kind of like Elsa. From that bloody Frozen film. I have nieces and that's their favourite movie at the moment. Her skin was pale as can be. But she just looked at me, turned away and walked straight through the mirror and that was it. My friend then woke up and asked me if I was calling him, missing the whole encounter. I never met my auntie due to my family being split all over the country and there were some family feuds. Me and my fiancée at the time, she's now my wife, were living at my parents' house. We had the downstairs bedroom in the extension and the toilet was out my door along the hallway. My wife has the bladder of a peanut and as normal she got up and went to the loo climbing over me in the process. Why I have no idea as she could have gotten out her side but I don't know how she thinks sometimes. My door handle made a distinct creak as it pulled down and being one in the morning. It's so quiet I could hear all the doors getting opened and closed as she made her way through the labyrinth to take her nocturnal tinkle. So lying in bed waiting for her to get back, as rest assured she would do the same getting back into bed as getting out, I could hear the sound of my door handle going down and see the door open. So I started talking to her saying, That was quick and you were quiet. At which point I could hear her flush the chain. I looked back at my bedroom door thinking what the fuck did I just hear and see? She came back through 30 seconds later and asked if I was okay as I was looking visibly shook. I said I was good and went back to sleep. My auntie had just died and I laid there thinking was it her just paying a visit to the family she hasn't seen and did she do the rounds that night saying her last goodbyes? I used to be an adult instructor for a cadet organisation and the building we had was an old building, I can't recall but I believe it was built around the 1920s. But there only seemed to be one permanent resident, a lovely man called Clive. Now Clive used to be the commanding officer and spent his whole life devoted to the organisation and would spend most of his waking time in the building until the day he died. The tradition of the place was that the old COs would have their photo on the stairs leading up to the first floor. The first floor had the CO's office and the ward room, which was a cosy area for adults to relax and where they could entertain VIPs. One night, when the kids were sleeping over, they were staying in the classrooms. And me and two other instructors were up in the ward room and could hear the sound of them all getting up to mischief, as kids do. So we all got up and proceeded to sneak down the creaky stairs to startle them and catch them out after lights out. Me thinking I was funny picked up a photo off the wall and placed it over my face walking down the stairs as if to imitate my surroundings. Until I was told I picked up the wrong one. I froze. I turned it around and looked and it was Clive. Now cleaning the photos and putting them back causes nothing but whatever you do, don't fuck with Clive. I placed him back on the nail and continued with our plan, gave the cadets a right bollocking and went back upstairs to get ready for my own sleep. That night I could hear the floorboards creak, but I knew the door to the stairs hadn't been opened and the others were asleep on the sofas in the same room as me, so who was walking around? I saw him in the shadow formed by the light outside coming through the window down the corridor, projected on the wall. I buried myself in my sleeping bag and pulled the drawstrings shut so hard I nearly snapped them. The next day we got about the activities and after dinner all the instructors were gathered in the downstairs office, just having a natter, as the kids were having a bit of downtime. We heard a bang and a thud as the sound of something dropping down the stairs. As I was in the corridor closest to the stairs door, I walked, unlocked it and opened it. I looked down to see a picture face down at the bottom of the stairs and then looked up to see Clive's photo missing off the wall. Fuck that shit, I shouted and slammed the door shut. Another member laughed and told the rest what had happened last night, to which all the others who weren't there burst out laughing too. The moral of the story? Don't fuck with Clive. During the summer of 2019, me, my wife and two friends were chilling in the garden, just doing normal chatting with a fire going enjoying the night, when I noticed my wife looking into the sky up at the stars, so I joined trying to see what she was looking at, and there it was, three bright stars, equal distance apart, which I thought was odd, because I know what most of the stars look like, but these were new, fixed into position, Now here's the bit where it gets weird. My mate's missus turns around, now seeing the two of us fixed to the heavens, while my mate keeps chatting shit, oblivious to what's going on. As she turns to look, the stars move to form a perfect triangle. The three of us just stare in amazement, and my mate keeps chatting. They then start to rotate in a perfect circle, completing a full 360, When they reached their finish they disappeared until only one remained. My mate now realising that all three of us are looking up turns around saying what have I missed? We sat in shock and wondered what we all just saw. I must have been around 12 when I was woken to a light coming in through my bedroom door. I knew I had shut my bedroom door so I couldn't figure out how or why there was light coming in. And there at the bottom of my bed stood a girl. She said nothing. But I could see her sway looking directly into my eyes. I called for my parents again shouting, There's a girl in my room. She stood there wide-eyed even though I was shouting. My mom shouted back up to me. Really? She's meant to be down here. Turns out my mom's weird old school friend had shown up at 11pm with her 6 year old daughter and just walked in that really shit me up that night and the last and final story i promise and this one is from my town as i said my town has some history from stone age settlers romans vikings pirates even pirate battles we have a parade and a festival every year where we drink fire cannons off every hour and dress as pirates because pirates are cool Also, it's the only day I can walk around with a sword and a gun while drinking and not get arrested. Now, this story dates back to the 18th century. I won't name the pub, but it's one of the many occurrences in the town. The port has always been a busy hive with smugglers and seafarers alike, with rumours of tunnels dug under the rows of pubs, transporting their hidden cargo under the nose of customs men. One pub, with its Tudor exterior hidden down an alley, so its fair share of sailors and the new landlady saw them by their hundreds coming through her doors. Manny as they do tried to make a pass at her as finding a woman at sea is hard but she did love one. They both promised to marry after he returned from his next voyage. Months go past and life carries on but she waited for the day of his return. The night of his return a powerful storm ripped the harbour sinking many of the waiting ships as all the locals could do was watch and wait as the winds and rain whipped into a frenzy around them. The landlady seeing this felt her heart break and decided that if they can't be together in the living she shall join him in death. She went into the old loft with its large oak beams and tied a rope around her neck and the rest you can gather but that isn't the end. Her lover's ship was delayed due to the storm and made it into port after the storm died down. He rushed to see the woman he loved only to find her dangling from the rafters. Taking his knife he cut her down and decided to join her as she tried with him. He plunged the knife into his chest and they lay joined together finally. The pub has had a few odd happenings occur with coins being moved, footsteps heard and a woman's voice calling help me. But the one thing you don't do is touch the table. In the rafters raised above head height is a small table set for two. With a bottle of wine and full cutlery and crockery. To allow them to be together. And so far it seems to keep them quiet. Just don't touch it. Or they will start again. Ooh, Matt, what a wealth of stories. So we have shadow figures by the bed. We know that's never good news. Were they wearing a hat? Were they wearing a coat? Or were you privy to the naked shadow man? That's the big question. How strange to only see the head and shoulders of an apparition. I wonder what that means. Does that mean it was some sort of accident? But that would imply then that you stay the way you died after your death. If that makes sense. Like all the kings in Stardust. Or all the potential kings rather in the film Stardust. I don't know if I like the idea of if there is an afterlife. That you get stuck there the way that you died. I prefer to think you like come back as the best version of yourself. That would be amazing. We have heard time and time again of loved ones coming back at their time of death. To say goodbye to all the people in their life before they pass on. So why not? Let's just let's just go with it being your auntie. Saying goodbye to the people that she needed to say goodbye to. I actually think the real horror in all of these stories that Matt sent is taking a big group of kids away on a residential trip. As somebody who used to be a teacher for a very long time, I used to love trips. I thought they were a great opportunity for kids to see different parts of the world or see different buildings or explore different things. But there is nothing more stressful than being in charge in a, of a group of kids At night time. That's the real horror of this story. Clive, I can take on Clive any day. But you could not get me on a residential trip again. I hate that you saw lights in the sky. I don't know what's going on with the influx of alien stories in the last couple of weeks. But you all better stop it. Okay, it's not fair. And I am definitely going to seek out the pub from your last story. What a great story. I love stories of seafaring towns. Stories of love lost on the sea and... People making these promises to wait for their other half. Oh, it's all very romantic and lovely, really, isn't it? And the last story today comes from Katie. I have a weird tale for you from a family holiday many moons ago. I was with my family in Greece. My cousin was marrying a Greek guy and I was bridesmaid. We were staying just outside the town in some apartments owned by the groom and it was a short walk through a little wooded area to the town. A creepy thing about this wood was that there was an abandoned washing machine. Random, yes, but also creepy. I was only 11 and had seen the ring by this point, and honestly thought I was going to see the lady crawl out of the washing machine. Because of said washing machine, I was always fairly creeped out when we walked into town to meet everyone for food in the evenings. One night, we were walking down a street. I was in front of my parents and my brother, and there was a couple of people walking towards us. All of a sudden the air got really hot and thick around me, and it made me panic slightly as it was such a sudden change, I felt like I couldn't breathe. The couple got closer, and I felt like I was in danger. I tried to work out what was creeping me out, and I realised I couldn't make out either of the two people's faces. It was dark, and there were street lights on, and I could see my parents and my brother's faces fine. I started to feel really sick and was unable to catch my breath. As the couple walked up next to me, the woman's head turned as if she was keeping her eyes on me as she walked past. I also spun around as they walked past us like we had locked eyes, but her face was just darkness. And the woman's head also seemed like it was a funny shape. Long, like a ram's head. And what I thought was hair, looked like horns as she walked past. I put my head down and just carried on walking as quickly as I could hoping we weren't too far from the restaurant. To add to my state of freaked outness the restaurant had a wood at the back too. All night I was looking out into the trees thinking I was going to see something and couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. The restaurant wasn't creepy and I was surrounded by drunken family who were learning Greek dancing for the wedding. Not really an atmosphere that should have been scary, embarrassing yes but not scary. And then, of course, we had to walk past the haunted washing machine later that night to get home. I have no idea what I saw that night, but I can still feel the hot air and see the couple when I think about it, even 16 years on. There's a bit in Constantine where people are seen for what they really are, whether they're demons or whether they're angels or whatever, and that's what this reminds me of. Like, Katie, maybe you are John Constantine. Maybe that's what it is. I'm actually only making light of this because it's really freaked me out. I have genuinely found that really scary. Thank you very much to Drew, Sarah, Matt and Katie for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 2nd of April, 2021. If you would like to know more about the podcast, you can check out reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time.